When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We had to find a different way to put our passion to work. If you love your job and love what you do, every day goes on as you want it. I think how we look at art can be world-changing. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. Masks, distancing, and frequent cleaning are just the beginning. Learn more at Baltimore.org. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 22. I am here with Kaylee Hansen-Long, a friend and a fellow feminist who works in the women's movement in D.C. So, hi, Kaylee. Hello. I have brought Kaylee on to talk about The Bachelorette because The Bachelorette is back. And We're especially excited, I am, because Becca, the Bachelorette, is from Minneapolis, my hometown. and Go Vikings. Yes, go! (laughs) Um, And not a lot of, I feel like they don't ever represent the Midwest on, like, in reality TV in general, Mm -hmm. Um, but really excited to have, like, this much coverage of Minnesota. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of that Minnesota accent for a few (laughs) months here, so buckle up, people. It's going to be awesome. And I wanted to like bring you on to talk about this season and talk about being a fan of this show, but also being a feminist. Mm-hmm. Like, does the whole concept of The Bachelorette even work in with like modern feminism? Does it actually fit in? I mean, I hate to go deep that it's quickly. A, yeah, <laughs> it's a big question. And you know what? Like the two are absolutely in conflict sometimes. Um, but what I am excited about for this season is, you know, we seem to have a bachelorette so far as far as what, you know, I know about her and what I've seen so far, who's really emphasizing that she wants an equal partnership, you know, yeah, that she always says like 50-50. 50-50, that she wants a team. Um, and, you know, we we got to take what we can get when it comes to reality television. And I would say <laughs> that that is a step in the right direction. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how, uh, how she navigates all of this because it's a tricky position to be in. Do you think that whoever is the bachelor or the bachelorette kind of reflects where society is at the time? Or do you think it's the other way around? No, definitely. I think that the, you know, you've got to, the producers, I would imagine, have 
they have a lot of viewers and a lot of viewers who represent a lot of different audiences and a lot of different communities all over the country. Um, and not to get too, too political, but, um, you know, there's something going on right now in this country. And, you know, by embracing uh, Becca, who, you know, is proudly pro-choice, uh, someone who talks about equal partnership, but I almost wonder if selecting her was a nod to this shared feeling across the country. Like to take feminism seriously and to take women seriously. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And listen, like it's super imperfect. Like there is, as I said, there's a lot that the Bachelor franchise gets wrong. But, you know, bit by bit, uh, especially since, you know, the, the vast majority of their viewers, as I understand it, are women. Um, you know, they see the writing on the wall like so many other people about how women are rising up and you know, it's it, to the extent that to the extent that they can actually make a little bit of a change in their own world, that's good. But like I said, I mean it's not this the show is certainly in conflict with the feminism sometimes, but a lot of times. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's so so good for them for picking what, Becca. What I find so crazy about The Bachelor or Bachelorette is I don't know how many conversations they have on camera about like difficult topics such as talking about religion or politics, you know, the things that you're not supposed to talk about, but that if you're going to get in a serious relationship, you eventually do and figure out how much it matters to you, you know? And I never hear these conversations. I think it was only Sean Lowe that really talked about his religion and mm-hmm. spirituality is, you know, being really important to him. Actually, no, Rachel Lindsay um, talked about church and they actually went to church. But I thought that was interesting because... I feel like they never show those conversations on camera, and it's so weird. Are they just not having them? I don't know, and I wonder if they have to make the decision that those conversations are so important and hopefully lengthy before you decide who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, that are they going to have enough time to really go into that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would love to be a fly on the wall when they – or do the producers out. just not show that footage? Yeah. It's, like, it's, is it they just never show that conversation? Well, they certainly have a way with editing. So, I, yeah. you know, it's, it's very possible that, you know, they're having these conversations, but maybe it doesn't make for good TV or would it alienate folks who are watching? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I really hope, as you said, I really hope they are having those conversations because that's super important. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff. So let's go into this week's episode. So it starts out, there's a group date, and they have this, like, obstacle course that they have to go through. Do they ever. (laughs) It's got things like relationship challenges, a slippery slope, and cold feet, and all of this stuff. Ball and chain. Ball ball and chain. That's so ridiculous. I was a little worried about ball and chain. Well, sure, but I was mostly worried about them because they kept tripping over themselves, and the ball was actually kind of heavy and so I was actually worried it was like oh this is gonna be the first episode and someone's gonna go to the hospital like one obstacle in (laughs) that's what I was concerned about well they did show in the previews last time there was an ambulance yes I know so I always waiting you always wonder it's always a panic attack you know it's always someone having a panic attack it's always something and so Lincoln uh ends up winning this and he is from Nigeria has this like funky accent he dresses really nice but the other guys think he cheated. 
Who cheats in a reality TV, like, obstacle course where there's not even a real, like, winner? You're just jealous. Why are they even looking at his timer anyway? Just focus on your own game. I don't know. I couldn't see the timer. I have a tendency to trust people. And so I'm going to say, no, he didn't cheat. He was just very talented. It's just funny that all the guys, like, thought that. And that seems like such a childish thing to think or just say. And, of course, as we know, the tension over the obstacle course boiled over into (laughs) the cocktail party afterwards where – one of the other guys whose name I can't remember because I'm choosing to forget it because he's <laughs> such a weirdo. Connor. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> Connor was so deeply upset by Lincoln's victory and the fact that he received the, oh, framed, the framed photo with Becca. Oh, that he proceeded to snatch the frame straight from the table and chuck it across the bachelor pool to which you heard it shatter all <laughs> over, which, by the way, I mean, first rule of safety by the pool Ooh, is no you glass. don't bring glass. So, uh, <laughs> so wait, let's recap that. So, what a guy. So, Lincoln gets a framed photo from Becca for winning this mm-hmm. competition. He displays the framed photo in front of all of the other guys just to annoy them. And one guy is such a sucker oh, well, for this. he was proud of himself. Even if he's proud of himself. I don't want to like, assume anything. <laughs> You're not projecting. I'm not projecting. But so he puts it on the table mm-hmm. and the guys get pissed. And one guy takes it so far that he freaking throws it and smashes it by a pool. So ridiculous. Like, what is it about that one guy that that's so triggering to him? So here's the thing. When I was watching that, I was thinking, oh my gosh, now these two bozos are going to have to go argue over a framed photo, and this is going to be the drama of the season, to which that Becca then swoops in and tries to solve the conflict between the two, and like, it's her first date, it's her first group date. It's her first date, like it's her first date on the... Was yeah, her first date yeah since that was the first date. Ari? Oh my gosh. So her first date since she broke up with and she her is, fiance. As what you call it, managing fragile male egos. As they might say. As they as, as the kids some say. might say. <laughs> I mean, what is it with all these guys? Are they real or are they being asked weird questions by the producers behind the camera so that in their like well, confessional scenes they yeah. I mean, I, you know, I would like to think that someone would have enough self-control as to not hurl a piece of glass across a pool yes. on night one. But what However, if someone was like, oh, you know what, this this would be such a good idea. Correct. Like, I hear that Becca really, like, loves when people throw glass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really going to get you the roses if you do this? If you throw this. Like, but I feel like people are so easily manipulated, and I don't know I would be indifferent. I can't imagine what the producers like usually with, would with say the to mind people to get mess with them. Well, you maybe remember last season there was one girl, Chelsea, who was saying that the producers would kind of you know feed her some lines and say, "Oh, you know, it'd be really funny if you said this," and then she'd say it in jest, and then they'd that's what they would run. Right, and they did that with yeah. Courtney Robertson, totally, who is like so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's highly Olivia Caridi. Oh, right. It's very possible that they were like, "Hey, guy, 
you know it's going to be a great idea. Yeah, and then he's like, no, I just, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just, a, you know. But you know what, though? Becky you should was have, right. Yeah. It was very revealing about the kind of and person And it was so early. So She's early. like, it's kind of too early to be dealing with this crap. But that's the thing. It's all about respect. And they obviously weren't respecting the fact that this was a pretty big step for her post-breakup. And instead, he chose to make it all about him and his little tiff with, you know, the guy Lincoln, who won the yeah. with And then Lincoln. Lincoln was crying, and that seemed a bit overproduced to me. But, like, Lincoln, <laughs> I love like Lincoln. Too. I, well, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I have to see how this all pans out. However, I will say, on The Bachelor, if my research is correct, Bachelorette franchise, you are hungry, tired, and a little intoxicated the whole time. Because they just feed you wine and no food. And you're up until, I mean, the first night, you know, the first. They keep them up all all night. All night. Until 7 a.m. And you see these people leaving the house when it's light out. I mean, that sounds horrible. I would cry if you kept my bed from me. (laughs) I would be so grumpy. So I don't blame Lincoln. I'd probably shed a few tears (laughs) just because I was so hungry. So then the next date is a one-on-one. And I, for the life of me, cannot remember this guy's name. I just remember what he was wearing in night one. It was like a red shirt. And he was there at after the final rose. We, yeah. We actually have all been introduced. He was to the one who was like, get back on the horse. And then he brought the donkey oh, last week. Right. And I cannot remember his name. But right. that was the best date to watch as a oh viewer. That was the most entertaining. What I'm upset about is that they didn't give the rose to the special guest on that episode. Who was... Lil John, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like well. a terrible, <laughs> that was a terrible Lil John. Oh. I mean, um, I I miss that guy. I I know. love it. So the Every date is dance. they like oh. bring a bunch of things that remind Becca of Ari, such as a race car that they drove on a date together, the couch that he like broke off the engagement on that she was sitting on. They brought so many things, and then they made her smash all of the yeah. things. With this guy, <laughs> and, and and Lil John, and Lil John is like DJing, you know, a mashup between shots and turn down for what? <laughs> it's just like all choreographed yes. and like so well produced and so well edited. It's the soundtrack to destruction. <laughs> I mean, I felt that was like Oscar worthy in terms of sound mixing. Absolutely. <laughs> Check your local listings come March, and we'll make sure we have an eye out for that one. Um, and so, this guy, whose name we get, he's so he's so not great. he's so great, but like not memorable. Like he's not just like don't want to be like generic white boy. So generic white boy, so sweet, gets the rose. I think they make out. Then she goes on her final date, which is uh, another group date. And it's dodgeball, and they bring three mouthy kids who are, like, throwing the balls at the guys and, um, like, egging them all on, which is pretty funny. And the kids were so thrilled. I mean, they were loving that they were, like, the drill sergeants of the day. They were funny. And I remember this one kid was like, we're turning this machine up to 50 miles an hour. And then all the guys were all worried and they thought it was going 100 miles an hour. I mean, it was pretty fun to watch. It was so funny. So then they do this dodgeball tournament and it was the green team versus the pink team. 
And who was the star of the pink team? Um, Leo. Leo was with the hair, the his stunt hair, man. the stunt man. He was so good. It was always like the entire green team just against the one Leo, <laughs> Leo and against he, the world. Poor Leo. And he, <laughs> uh, he was fantastic and so funny. And so I think that definitely gets him to stay a few more episodes in. Because I don't know how into him she is, but she's very curious. I feel like, yeah, I think that she's intrigued. She's like, who is this man with long locks? I mean, and, and we're like, not just talking long locks. We're talking, like, down to his mid-back long locks. <laughs> so, like, very intriguing just by that alone, I would argue. Yeah. So, um that date was fun. What I like is that whoever won, there wasn't really a prize other than winning. She wasn't like, oh, whoever wins gets to spend the rest of the night with me and everyone else has to go home oh early. Because that always leads to such unnecessary well, drama. She learned her lesson from Ari when yeah. he did that. And remember last season and one of the girls had a meltdown Crystal. over a bowling Crystal. match. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so these guys, it's just so ridiculous. But... Um, I can't remember the guy, Wills, who gets the rose on this group date. And he, Love like, him. he's so sweet. They open up. They, like, seem like they forget that the cameras are there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on so many of the dates, especially the one with generic white boy, like, they kept on being like, I can't believe we're doing this on television. Right. I mean, I thought Wills was really sweet. And he kept talking about his family, which was so nice. And he had that cool jacket, which I yeah. also thought was great. <laughs> the jacket was awesome. And I think, I mean, I don't know, but I have a suspicion he goes kind of far. They had a good connection. You could yeah. tell that she was She was feeling it. Yeah. And so then there's the rose ceremony. And... She's wearing this killer green dress. She looks so good, by the way. Like, I just think she looks gorgeous in everything she wears. She's just the coolest. (laughs) Do you really think that? She really is. I think so. I think Caitlin Bristow is the coolest by far. Well, I have a different place in my heart for Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin Bristow, if you ever listen to this, I love love to hang out with you sometimes. You're so funny. But Becca's cool because... She's just so herself, you know. She just seems she's just chill, you know. She's not yeah. She's this not is the first for- Bachelorette that hasn't been like kind of a shrieker or like a running into the, your arms. She doesn't kind of a girl. She just seems to really. She's just kind of on a TV show and like that's that, you know. Whereas yeah. other folks, you can just tell like Nick Vial or hey, yeah, whatever that, that guy. Like, definitely (laughs) on to be, yeah, to to get something out of it. But she just seems pretty normal, which I like. And so the first person to pull her away during this cocktail party Mm -hmm. is Clay, the uh, former or the current pro football player, who just seems, like, so sweet. Also, how can you take off this much time from being a professional football player? I don't think he's on a team right now. I think he's, like, a free agent. Got it. Yeah. And I think he all, I've heard that he like went on just for Becca. Like he was like, I wasn't going to do this, but then like it was her. And then the other uh, former pro athlete is Colton who dated Tia. Now this seems so incestual that how could this happen beforehand? It's not like they dated from being on another Bachelor franchise. Right. And they're not even from the same hometown, I don't think. They're not all I'm trying to figure out where this all (laughs) happened or if they like have mixers ahead of time. Like, it seems like they to all... To create this kind of drama? Yeah. I mean, I think that they all kind of hang out. Like, you know, 
outside of the She's franchise think, or like you bring a yeah. friend and then you meet someone else like for all we know like he could be a friend of like ben higgins who like brings him to a party like, right meet, you know whatever yeah because they're both from denver <laughs> i know a lot about this show <laughs> <laughs> but do you think the producers are like there's someone who's like okay you go and find someone who they've hooked up with before and b- convince them to come on the show well like I- do you think that that's the job of some of like someone at ABC where they're like, you know what, we're gonna dig into her past and figure out someone? Because this happened also with Nick, mm-hmm. where Liz, she was only there one night and she had slept with Nick. They had a one night stand at a wedding, <gasps> right? And then she at ended Jane up Tanner's wedding. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and that happened beforehand. Yeah. Like that was weird that she went on. I think, but mm-hmm. someone must have convinced her. I don't think she was like. Oh yeah, we hooked up. So she not didn't apply go. through the normal. Channels. Yeah, someone like like got her to the front. Yeah, I think the producers try to kind of like social network the new cast a little bit. Yeah, at least that's what I've. Oh, heard. they found Becca's on um, the last um, on Ari season. This Becca had an ex who wanted to propose to her and mm-hmm. came down to Peru to propose to her. I mean, those clearly producers were involved in that. Oh yeah, well these guys and gals presumably work their magic. It's in this show. insane. So, TV. so they have the, the rose business. ceremony, <laughs> and the people that she like sends three guys home. We don't know any of their names. We it's like it's like we've seen none of them before. But <laughs> some of the interesting people that <laughs> she a bunch keeps of people her. show up. And they all just get roses, whatever. <laughs> but the the one guy I wanted to chat with you with uh, a bit with was the, is the male model. Oh jeez. So he <laughs> said all of these very bizarre things about masculinity at the end where he was very angry and frustrated and like didn't understand why anyone would be upset with him what he did was during the cocktail hour went into his boxer briefs and got in the pool got out wrapped himself in a towel and then like interrupted becca talking to one of the guys david the chicken suit guy oh and and then they got in the kind of like a like altercation like why did you think it was appropriate to like when i was have a conversation show up in your underwear (laughs) try and talk to the girl that we're both trying to date (laughs) like it was so bizarre but the fact that he couldn't understand that it was annoying and weird but he said and i quote i'm an alpha that's what the male model said? Yeah. I'm an alpha, and, like, there's um, not a lot of, like, real men Again, back to the here. fragile male ego theme of this like, What is it? Like, what is this whole idea of being an alpha? Like, it's like you're the better guy, and, like, all the other guys are betas, and they follow your orders? Is I, that what they think? Like, know. it's like a lion pack? or I a... mean, so I have a dog, and <laughs> she thinks that she's an alpha, and she probably is. Like, I'm probably her beta yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really the only context I have with this whole thing. But oh, all I like, remember is this guy. It's like rhetoric know. of the, what, what are those group incels? Oh, you know, like the people who yeah. like, oh, believe yes. that women like owe them sex mm-hmm. and have this weird, like warped view of the world. Like this whole, like, I'm an alpha and like, I'm right. the, one of the real men that deserves these women. And who are these other guys out there? It's such bizarre talk. Yeah. I mean, I would like to look up this man's career. And see <laughs> what exactly he has done in his past uh, well, modeling-wise modeling yeah. to make him feel he is this alpha. 
This like, guy why? is such, I mean, good. He's such a piece of work, but is he, like, playing a role of the villain? Because he, like, such a perfect villain. Well, I mean, listen, maybe he's a model now, but he'd like to be an actor later or something. I just, I can't tell what his deal is. I can't. But I, I don't, like, are there real people, like, like that? Like, I don't like know. That. It's just, it seems so... I feel fortunate to not know it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Zoolander. It's like you watch it and you laugh because it's like such an exaggeration mm-hmm. of people. But I'm sure there are there must be people like that in L.A., which is why everyone like in L.A. thinks And this is this guy yeah. from L.A.? I don't know if he's a model. No, he's from Florida. Oh. Oh, that explains a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, but both of our parents uh, went to her in Florida. We love it. <laughs> Oh, what's his name? Cole? Colton? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Higgins? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Colton. So Colton is the one that dated Tia. Yes. And so back to how I just think it's like so incestuous and so weird and all of that. You just know this male model is going to show up on Bachelor in Paradise just to be annoying. I, I wonder, like, what if she sends home Colton at some point? Because it looks like Tia is in one of the future episodes. Yes. Okay. Wouldn't that be spicy? Breaking news about Colton. Uh-huh. He dated Allie Raisman. What? Yeah. The gymnast? Yeah, I just Googled him to remember his name. Oh, and no. that is one of the last people that he dated. Interesting. So he's got Tia, who's known for absolutely nothing other than being <laughs> on this stupid reality show. And I liked her. She was like Raven 2.0. She did not live up to the Raven expectations. I did also like Raven a lot. And hopefully she she's still dating that guy. Adam, Adam yeah. Wow. I wonder if they'll get married in this season of Paradise. Oh my gosh. Congrats, Raven. If you get married. Wow. Okay, so this is like really far out there. Okay. okay, so what if Becca sends Colton home because like he's still into Tia or Tia's still into him? Mm-hmm. Both him and Tia end up on Paradise and become <gasps> like the it couple. I could see it. But it'd be so pre-done. Yeah. They knew each other beforehand and they just went on paradise to leave the But you know what they would do? They would just be like, They would pretend like they fell in love. That's where we fell in love. Or they'd be like, oh, well, it was a a fleeting moment, but I knew there was a spark. And I knew that I had to explore where this would go. But like they can explore it in their own time. Why go on a show? I don't know. I mean... It's it. You know, sh- I feel like they're doing it mysterious you know, ways, <laughs> like, like our you know flat tummy tea ads that we're going to be able to do in right. Diffy eyewear. Yeah, maybe they can do sugar bear hair together <laughs> with the male model. Probably that's been fun. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Like, how uh, many of the people on the show now do you think really care, and how many are just trying to become insta famous? Oh gosh, I like mean, percentage wise, like percentage is it fifty? Wise? Is it fifty fifty? Gosh, no. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely like 20% care, 80% just want to sell sugar bear hair. Yeah, I feel that way too. Do you think it's more men though that don't care than women? Man, that's a good question. So here's a fun fact. I am not on Instagram anymore. So I feel like I'm not up on the research as it relates to the bachelor slash bachelorette marketing schemes. And, but when I was on Instagram, I felt like it was all the ladies doing the, the right, tea yeah. and the bears and the, you know. The, and the, the, the relationships that last are actually the bachelorettes. It's, it's true. the men that come on. And again, the women's shoes and they end up together. Well, and what's 
what I think I remember is that every bachelorette in like recent years ends up with the guy that she gives the first impression rose to. Yeah, the last few have been like that. So I have my eye on that guy. Garrett. Garrett. Okay. There's so many names. So Garrett. I can't keep track. Yeah, there was some stuff that came out about Garrett where he liked some like homophobic or transphobic or racist or xenophobic tweets. And then I know it's really unsettling. He's a guy from Reno who seemed really sweet. From Reno? Reno, Nevada. And he made a bunch of jokes about it, which I thought was funny. And But not if you're... racist yeah but yeah but then he had this apology that really did seem heartfelt and I wonder if he's just someone who's like uninformed on this topic I haven't seen what he said but man that would be disappointing but but all these guys yeah like Becca just deserves deserves someone nice yes and not not a joke like this guy might be yeah, I so hope I so. We'll see. But, I'm just but I also so feel like they there's so much about these guys that we don't know and that we find yeah. out later. Mm-hmm. Do you ever read spoilers? No. What about after the fact spoilers? No. Really? I never read spoilers. So like the stuff that Peter's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend said about him and all that, you don't know. What did oh. Peter's ex-girlfriend well, say? Well, it was like after him? everything was over. That how he was kind of emotionally manipulative and then would blame everything kind of on her and was like, I'm just, you, you're not doing things to make me feel confident in the relationship. Oh, no. And and then was like, here, I'm going to go on TV for the both of us. It'll be good for the both of us because it'll like, no. help me build my fitness. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and I fell for it. But we all did. We loved Peter. Uh, He's from the Midwest. I, I always am excited when is. someone's representing. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that about Peter. And no, I don't read spoilers because I like surprises. And I don't, you know, I spend enough time watching this show as it is uh, that the extra research feels <laughs> <You're> like, cumbersome. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. I'm like, I want to know how this was staged. Yeah. Like, how did they get this yeah. episode? Well, peek under the hood, Because if you will. they have so many hours of footage. How yeah. are they editing it? When are they showing footage, but the mouths aren't moving, but you hear voices? Like, oh, like yeah. they're mm-hmm. using people to narrate when they're not, I don't know what it's called, but they take know. one footage where I'm like, Kaylee, I hate you. Like, as a joke, and make it yeah. in a totally different scene. And it just, know. it's very bizarre to me that they do that. It's like they dub words over different scenes and they just, they it's almost like they can, I know, but know? they make you say sentences that you didn't really say or they're out of mm-hmm. order. And that's crazy to me. Well, and I feel like there have been people who have spoken out about how they've dealt with some pretty serious mental health stuff after yes. Olivia. Yeah. From ben she Higgins said she season. was suicidal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh geez, I didn't know that. That's awful. Ooh. After um, the show. And how far do they go to emotionally manipulate you? And like how much do you know that you're being manipulated? Yeah. I mean I don't know. I, I think way too deeply about this show. It's really just like Yeah. But I'm like, this happened two months ago. I wonder where they're at now. I wonder how they're feeling, you know. Totally. I think that it is interesting to see what a lot of these people end up doing following the show. I mean, I think all of them have podcasts now. Because, yes. like, every single one has a podcast. Yes. I mean, Ben Higgins and Ashley Iconetti have one together. Where they yeah. Did, oh, right? my God. What we have not discussed in this podcast is that Ashley and Jared are together. I know. D- are you one of the people who believes it or who oh, I is skeptical? It. No, I believe I it. I totally believe it. I believe it, too. I don't know why anyone would be skeptical I mean, skeptical about that. It feels like 
It feels like a true why like, would they when Harry it? met Sally sort yeah. of situation. It was their their get together was very cute. And just the how way that open, they tell it on yeah. the video series. Yeah, she's quite talented in how she's really taken her thing on The Bachelor and made it something. She's like totally. made herself a bachelor personality. She wasn't that great on her own season. She has really taken this like harness whatever energy she could possibly harness from her relatively short time on the show and and done everything to give herself lemonade. Yeah. Like a household name. You know, I I definitely think there's a bit of an entrepreneurship vibe coming from her, which is really cool. Yeah. It's just so interesting to think through the, like all the stuff that goes into it and all the stuff that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. Like you're nobody, you don't really, you know, with whatever job and all of a sudden you're on national TV and you have the potential to become America's sweetheart or America's villain. And then whatever happens beyond that, you can use and use whatever personality they craft for you Mm -hmm. to go on to make money and to sell yourself as that person that they created. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, It's interesting, you know, I was reading something that Trista, who is the very first Bachelorette Mm -hmm. ever, was, you know, she was talking about what it was like to be in her position. And, you know, I I think that she probably understood what she was getting herself into. And I think everybody there definitely understands what they're getting themselves into. I mean, you have to expect that, you know, people are going to be looking for all of your old, you know, whatever posts you've yeah, liked. In anything the past. that's public. And yeah, totally. But what she when you know what she was saying on this interview recently was they they without social media, it was a completely different ballgame. Yeah, they were all strangers who had no way of connecting beforehand. Totally. No way of connecting beforehand. I mean, things did not get that big. Like in the way that a lot of these folks you know, the online trolls will go and, like, you know, throw shade at Caitlin Bristow or whomever. Like, Trista Sutter just didn't have to deal with that because yeah. there was no Instagram. It would only be tabloids and no one really said that many negative things. Right, yeah. And so it's a totally different ballgame now. Um, but where I think everybody knows what game they're about to start playing. And, yeah. And, you know, if they get thrust into the spotlight... There's a lot more variables that go into yeah. it now than I think before, or totally. just different variables, and so it changes many. the dynamic. And like what we were saying earlier, you know, culture plays a big part of that. You know, which way are the winds kind of shifting, and what will audiences like? What are they still turned off by? What do they find acceptable? Mm-hmm. I mean, because the show's been around for 20 years. Yeah. You think of the way that the country has changed in the last 20 yeah. years and how has a show had to adapt or uh, chosen to There's a lot more interracial dating on the show now. I really, I appreciate seeing that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is really interesting to think about how the show has changed and has had to kind of, you know, hang with the times and then... Catch up. And yeah, catch up or, and then what they're choosing to reject too, you know, like what they, uh, you know, what they're not, you know, what they're not getting into and what conversations they wouldn't be showing. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to alienate a certain population of their viewers um, or what but, have but you. But they push the envelope so much on that fantasy suite stuff. And everyone knows that they have sex. 
And, you know, and so that's the odd thing to me about the show. Is Was Caitlin Bristow the first who admitted she has sex on the show? But like, she did it real? before the fantasy suites. Right. But has anybody ever admitted that yes. they actually had sex well, Andy, on the show? Yeah. So Andy, oh. during Andy season, Nick on the after the final rose was like, if you weren't in love with me, why did you make love to me? <laughs> but I mean, anybody in the actual No, season. I think it was Caitlin was the first that talked about it. Interesting. And so she was labeled a slut and a whore and she was told horrible things by people mm. online, in the media, all over the place. So it's just, it's crazy to me though. Um, Throw the Canadian out of the bus. I know. Like, why? <laughs> but it's why crazy not? to me how all these people that watch the show that, what, did they just pretend that that part doesn't happen? Or is it like part of this like weird 12 week dating rule that they <laughs> they like the idea of like on yeah. on week 12 <laughs> you consummate the relationship it's written into their principles um yeah i don't know i mean i think you kind of when it comes to that kind of stuff you just kind of need to not make judgments you know to throw shade at someone for having an honest conversation about a relationship doesn't it doesn't feel right to me you know, back to our other point earlier, I mean, it is interesting that they've never actually addressed that head on in the fantasy suite situation, but um, maybe this will be the time. I could see Becca having know, that conversation, discussing it something coming openly. Out. Well, actually, uh, we should we stand corrected because Sean Lowe did say he he spoke about how he was not going to. True. Which, like, good for him, you know, yeah. right? stating his principles and making clear that this was, you know, what what he, you know, what he stood for and what he wouldn't be doing. And, like, um, he's the one that's to him to be still married and on the second kid. So, yeah, whereas right. all of the other bachelors, uh, I don't think many of them have worked out. Is he the only bachelor who's still I married? I think so. Does Jason Mesnick count? No, because he didn't choose his final. He didn't marry oh. his. He married the runner-up. Right, right. But yeah, I would consider him a successful bachelor couple. Okay, got it. It's yeah. just the two of them. Are there any? Wow, that's really fascinating. The rest are all bachelorettes. No way. It's because our intuition is just so good. Well, what Caitlin Bristow says is that the men are actually much more forgiving and easier to accept the fact that the women dated multiple men during that time period. And so watching it back, they like, where you think maybe they would have jealousy issues, they're kind of like, no, whatever, because like you're with me now. Whereas a lot of the women end up watching back and are like, how could you have said those things to me and also to this other person? Oh, interesting. But who knows? But that's her take on it as, you know, someone who's a bachelorette, who's still with the person and all of her friends who are bachelorettes who are still with the people. Of which there are quite a few. We saw Rachel Lindsay tonight. Yeah. When is that wedding going to happen? I bet that will be soon. I bet that will be around the beginning. That would make me happy. I do. I do like her. I, you know, that was a tough, a tough season. It was a tough season to, to because finish. you rooted against her and Brian. They, they edited it in a way that made her, Brian look like the wrong choice. Yeah. And that clearly wasn't the case because she's with Brian and they seem happy. And, you know, Peter, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, is going around doing workout classes with young single women and, uh, Flirting with them. And a few married women, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting next to one of them. <laughs> but 
anyways, Kaylee, thank you so much. It was so great having you on. Yeah, so fun to do this. We'll have to dig into this more later. Yeah, absolutely. Bye, everyone. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.